Hello friends, welcome back to Do It For The Process. This podcast episode is going to sound a little bit different, just like the last one did. This is the audio recording of a video that I created for my creative entrepreneur friends. It's called Share The Work. And this particular episode is all about how to know if your art is worth selling. We talk about ways of critiquing your work in a really healthy and positive way. Acknowledging that not all artwork is meant to be sold. Think about it this way, when you practice piano as a kid, or a violin, or trumpet, or drums, whatever your thing was, dance, whatever, you practice and those practice pieces sound a little bit rough. Am I right? My kid is learning how to play the piano right now and I love it with all of my heart. And she's so precious and so, She's so hard on herself. She just gets so like frustrated if she gets something wrong and, and so disappointed with her hands if she gets something wrong. And I'm always like, sweetie, you are learning how to do something new. Your, your brain and your hands are communicating and this is a new language you've never spoken before, you've never experienced before. Give yourself some grace. It's so easy for me to say that to my daughter who I watch struggling and I watch getting all self-critical and frustrated and, you know, picky with her abilities. And yet when I turn to my own creative practice, I have to remind myself that I am doing the very same thing that she's doing. I too am practicing a new language. So when your hands and your brain and your heart and your emotions have to communicate all in harmony, of course, there are going to be some pieces that you do not show the world because they're practice pieces and they are not good. And that's healthy. That's actually really, really good. That means you're trying new things and being brave and, and vulnerable, which means you're going to make some mistakes. And that's completely fine. Please know that I think that's a very, very good thing. You should not think that all of your work is perfect because it's not. Nobody's work is totally perfect. In this episode, we also talk about ways of finding an audience that does love your work because while not all work is quote unquote good, all artwork has an ideal audience. So I give the example in a future video about certain aesthetics appealing to certain people. And while I might not love all art, somebody loves some art. So all that to say is, you may not be talking to the right people if your work is not resonating with them, but you know deep down that your work is good. You need to find the right audience. And we talk a bit about that in this episode. And then the actual gem of this episode is a list of 10 ways to evaluate your work. That way you know for certain that it is good because when you know for certain that your work is good, you can take great risks. And when you can take great risks with your work, you can make a true and lasting impact on yourself, on your audience, on your community, on the world. I know that sounded like it got really grandiose and really big and bold, but you know that's how I roll. If you're going to do something, why not let it change the world? Why not? Why hold anything down? Why play it small? Why not let your work be radiant and glorious and huge? Let it be big and bold. It will thank you for it. It will return blessings upon your head. It's a good, good thing. Okay, dive into this episode. It will, it will give you some very, very tangible ways to make sure that this is happening in your business. Before we get into that though, I would love to remind you that Making Artwork opens for enrollment in less than a week and I could not be more excited, you guys. I am I oscillate between being incredibly giddy 
incredibly overwhelmed with joy and gratitude. And also my to-do list is something that would make me quiver in my boots two years ago. It's astounding, but I can do it. It's fine. I've got this. I have a great team of helpers, right? I can do it. It's going to be okay. (laughs) It opens on February 18th. Doors close on February 25th, and they will not open again until 2021, which feels like it's 100 years away at this point, but I know it's not. If you would like to learn more, go to emilyjeffordslearn.com. You can get on the waiting list now. You can check out all the information. You can see inside all the modules, read about the past student successes. There's so much information there. That page is super long. Your fingers will get tired of scrolling, but... I had to include all the goodness because it's just such a good course. It is worth all of your time and energy and investment. If it is right for you, it is so right for you. I've poured everything you need into this course. It's beautiful. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that for now. EmilyJeffordsLearn.com. With that, let's dive into today's episode. Like I said, the audio is different. It's not so intimate as this audio is. I'm currently sitting in a pillow fort in my son's bedroom. The audio in the next section of the podcast is recorded in my living room, which is big and beautiful, full of natural light, hardwood floors, you know, all the things that you want in your house. But for audio recording purposes, not the best. However, for video aesthetics, it's phenomenal. If you prefer to watch the video, you totally can. Go to emilyjeffordslearn.com and click on share the work. There's a free video series. You can just go watch the whole thing. If that's more appealing to you, I highly recommend that you do so because not only is it, it's, it's really great content, but it's also really beautiful and you can see it and hear it. So I think that when you look at something or absorb something in two different ways, it kind of sticks more closely to your mind and to your heart. So you can see it, you can hear it, you can read it, you can join the Facebook group, you can get on the email list. There's all kinds of things you can do once you're in there. Um, I recommend it. So go to emilyjeffordslearn.com. You can pause this and hop over there or you can listen to the audio here. Either way is fine with me. All right, let's dive in. Welcome back to the Share the Work video series. Today, we're going to talk about how to know whether your work is good. Now, if you didn't watch yesterday's episode, go back and watch that one first. It's very formative to how we think and how we're gonna share our work online and offline. It's all about creating a space for your work, creating a vibe, a vision, a, a brand, if you will. And it's super important as we progress. Now, once you've decided your vision and the impact that you'd like to make with your work, let's talk about the individual paintings, the individual pieces of art or of clothing or of wall hangings or ceramics or whatever you make, fill in the blank with that. I speak to painters specifically because I am a painter, but you know what you make. So apply these ideas to your, your vision and your work. Now, 10 tips for evaluating your work. Now, the first thing that many, many creatives wrestle with is a bit of imposter syndrome. Is my work good enough? Will anyone want to buy my work? Is it worth energy? Is it worth someone's money? 
Um, that's why a lot of artists shy away from sharing their work, especially online and especially in large events, um, very publicly. We shy away from boldly proclaiming that our work is good. We shy away from putting dollars uh, to our work, you know, saying that it's worth paying for. It can be really scary to ask for money for your work to say that this piece of artwork is worth this number of dollars. And especially if that number of dollars is rather high, it takes a lot of clarity and conviction that your work is good, that it's worthy, that it's valuable. And that's not something that happens by chance. That happens with very deliberate mindset, very deliberate realization of your efforts and of the value and of the thing that you're creating, how much it matters to both you and to your community and to the world as a whole. That That's not an accident. That's a very distinct, very specific mental hurdle that every artist goes through. And if you haven't gone through it yourself, let's go through it together in this video. The first thing that I'd like to really stress is that you are not your work. You are valuable and worthy and every bit of you is valuable and worthy. Whereas your artwork, some pieces are going to fail, some are going to succeed, and that is totally normal and fine. But you are not your work. You are the artist, you are not the artwork. Allow some things that you create to be failures without assuming that identity yourself. You are not a failure. You are not um, creating things that are bad. You are not bad yourself. You are just on this journey of, of exploration and of communication. And that journey often has some hiccups and that's totally acceptable and normal. If I could show you the stacks of artwork that I throw away each year, you would be amazed and probably you'd feel pretty good about yourself. So just know that we're in this together. You are not your work. You are valuable regardless of what you create. The other big truth that I want to get across in this message is that your work is only valuable if you say it's valuable. Now that's something that a lot of artists don't want to hear because they want someone else to say this is valuable. They want a gallery curator to say, your work is so valuable, it's worth $10,000. And a gallery curator might say that, that's great. But for most of us, we are the ones that say, my work is valuable. My work is worth this amount of time, this amount of energy, this amount of your wall space, this amount of money, this amount of all these things that we deem, uh, if you deem your work to be valuable, these things also come along with that. And that is on you to establish. You get to establish the value of your work, which means that you can make your work very affordable and very accessible. That's totally fine. Or you can say my work is very, um, very expensive and very costly and very exclusive and luxurious. That's also fine. Decide where you want your work to fall on that scale and then set up the value to support that claim. Let's talk about some tips for evaluating your work. The first one is I want you to think about what makes your work different. Now, the thing that sells any piece of artwork is the fact that it's special. The fact that it came from you, the fact that it includes certain colors or certain forms or certain things that appeal to the buyer, to the collector. But you have to have something that makes your work different in order for that appeal to even happen. Attraction happens because something is pulling and something else is repelling. So make sure that your work is pulling the right people to it. Those differences are the reason that your work will stand out. Those differences are the reason that your work will, will shine amongst those that are next to it. Not that those are bad or the ones next to it aren't, you know, good, but for some reason, your collectors are drawn to your work. Now, my collectors, 
they might not be drawn to your work and vice versa because we have we've pulled and we've attracted our unique collectors that are attracted to what we individually are making so the more individualized the more special the more unique you can make your work the more you will attract people that align with you in the marketing world this is called niching down now i don't love that term for artists because often our work needs to convey more of a heart message and more of a uh, something more soulful than a niche that's a bit of a clinical term but what that means in the online marketing space and the marketing space in general is the more specific you can be the more you will attract the right people so being very specific with your artwork with your creative work will attract people that are very into that kind of work versus if you try to create everything for all people you're going to attract a wide audience but they're not going to be very attracted to you so the pull that you have on them will be much looser. Does that make sense? Getting a bit of a physics lesson here today. The point is it's actually good not to fit in. It's good that your work looks a little bit different. Now it should be excellent. It should be of high quality. It should be beautiful. It should resonate with you and with your audience. But if it looks different from your neighbor, that's actually a very good thing. So own your differences. Like I said last in the last episode, don't be boring. Boring will suck the soul out of you and out of your work. So don't be boring. Be exciting. Be You have the best job on earth. We have the most exciting job on earth. So own that excitement and let it resonate through your work. All right. As you evaluate the individual pieces of artwork that you create to decide whether or not they or it individually is good. Um, I always recommend that you only offer, you only share, you only sell pieces that are actually good. Now that's a very personalized metric and something that I find to be beautiful, you might not find to be beautiful and that's actually a really good thing. But as you sit with your work and evaluate its, its merits and its value, I want you to turn off all external signals, turn off everything that's coming into your head saying, does this match up? That's peer pressure. You don't want any peer pressure in this evaluation process. You want this to be solely focused on you and on your opinions and on your heart and how you feel internally about your work. So questions that I personally think through when, when I evaluate my work, does this piece resonate with me? Does the concept excite me? So the idea of the work, does it excite me? Can I sit with this piece for a few moments and find peace? Did it feel good to create on an emotional and physical level? Did I enjoy the creative process? So both the inspiration, the actual creative energy, all the things that went into that push and pull of that creative process, was that fun? Because honestly, at least for my work, I can tell in the finished product when I had fun during the process. If I didn't do it for the process, if I didn't do it for the joy of my creative work, then it shows up in the end and it looks a bit stale and a bit, a bit uh, stark. And I can see it. I don't know if my audience can, but I certainly can. And that really affects the way that I market the piece and that, you know, the way that I share the piece with the world. The next question is pretty internal. Were your motives pure in the creation process? Now, this goes really deep to the heart of do it for the process, the, the kind of the theme of my life right now. When you do it for the process, you're not doing it for likes on Instagram or for a sale or for fame or to get into a certain show or for anybody's external validation. You're doing it because you find joy in the creative process. And when you find joy in the creative process, 
usually, not always, but usually the work turns out to be pretty good because the motives and the intentions behind that work were pure. And that translates to the finished piece. One of my favorite metrics is this. Do you enjoy living around the work? So a lot of my artwork lives in my home. There's one on my mantle here. There's one back there. There's some in front of me right here. If I can hang something on my wall and live with it and not critique it and not tear it apart and not, um, you know, sit on my couch and just go, oh, that painting, mm, something's not right about it. If I can live with it with pleasure and with contentment and with joy, then that work is good. That's all I need. That's all I need. Because the way that I think about it is I'm, I'm the worst critic of my own work. Of course, we all are, right? So if I can sit with it and find joy in it, my collectors certainly can because they're not nearly as critical or as cruel as I am. So that's one of my favorite metrics. I put it up on the mantle. I live with it for a bit. If I find it to be pleasurable and enjoyable, then it's good. Does it feel true to your vision, your worldview and your voice? So this is, this is kind of zooming out a bit. Beyond this single painting, what do you want to convey to the world? Beyond this single mug or shirt or dress or whatever you're making, anything, like I said, apply this to anything you make. Beyond this single item, does, does this fit within your broader scope of worldview and the thing that you want to say in the world, the impact you want your work to make? Does it fit that vision? If not, then it's definitely not part of your brand. Don't, don't put it out there. It's not part of your studio. It's not part of your work. If it can fit into that bigger vision and you love it and you enjoy the process and you can have it in your space or on your body or whatever fits your, your thing that you create, then it's so good. It's so, so good. Congratulations. Going back to that attraction and repulsion idea, does this piece feel different from everything else that you've seen? Meaning that we're all drawn to different things. You want to attract your perfect collectors. You don't want to attract all people for all aesthetics, for all homes, for all environments, for all body types, whatever your thing might be. You want to attract people that are just right for your idea, that are going to be naturally attracted to your idea. So is your thing different? Did you create something unique, something special? Now we're never going to, you know, totally reinvent the wheel. Everything is derivative of something else. I totally get that. Trust me, I'm a landscape painter. I 100% get that. But did you add your own twist to it, your own spin, your own perspective? When you feel confident in your work, you can take greater risks. Now, this is a really very important part of this process. When you feel confident that your work is good and you're proud of it, you can take big risks. You can say, I created this thing. That's a huge risk just to say that out loud. You can say, I'm applying for a show because my work is good. I am bringing my work to a coffee shop to hang it on their walls because my work is good. I am putting my work on Instagram because my work is good. Now, I always recommend that you do this process when you feel emotionally stable and ready to do so. When you can take criticism, when you can take a no. If you can't yet hear a no and feel okay internally, emotionally, then don't do this yet. This is not the time. You don't want to crush that fragile inspiration, that fragile piece of expression that you're currently feeling. When you feel ready though, take some big risks. It is so worth it. Last year in making artwork, I got to meet a student named Maria Wig and her story is amazing to me. She says, 
This course is unbelievably comprehensive. It really didn't miss the mark on anything. My website is new and stunning, and I feel like I have all the tools to kickstart this adventure immediately. In fact, this is amazing. A few weeks into the course, I decided to quit my day job. Let me say that again. A few weeks into the course, she quit her day job, and now she's a fine artist full-time. Thanks to the course, I have a plan and I'm feeling confident in myself in a way that I never did before. Maria, thank you so much for sharing that. I am so excited for your adventure, for the great and beautiful life that's ahead of you. And the reason that she could do that, the reason she could take that step is because she internally felt that her work was good and her audience was supporting that feeling. So when you know that you can create things that are good, you can rely on your process, you can rely on your inspiration continuously again and again, you can show up in a way that is powerful and beautiful and very brave. That's a huge part of this process of becoming a creative entrepreneur. Now, there is something to be said for listening to external validation. Of course, you can feel great about something, but I have been known to be a bit delusional every once in a while, and it's nice to get the barometer of an external voice. What are they thinking and feeling about what you've created? So when you are settled in your heart about the valid, you know, like the, the value of your work, then turn it to the public or maybe not to the public, maybe to one or two trusted advisors. I love this quote by Stephen Pressfield. It says, the artist discovers herself by the work she produces. And that goes back to that point of you are creating something much bigger than one painting or one ceramic vase or one dress. You are creating something that spans a lifetime. It is you, you're creating yourself. You are always beautiful. Your work is always making you more beautiful because of that discovery process and that personal uh, internal process that you're going on. So whether or not one painting may succeed or fail, that doesn't matter so much. The real thing that you're working on, the real thing that you're creating is you. So spend time on that, spend time loving yourself and nourishing yourself and nourishing your creative efforts, your creativity, your creative work. And overall, you're going to see your work rise and elevate and become more and more valuable because of the work that you're doing on yourself, because of the work that you're doing on your, your brand, your studio, your, your overall vision in the world. I'm so excited for you and your journey. If you are here, I know that you're a creative entrepreneur, or at least you want to be. I know that you are an artist of some form. I know that you love creativity and that that burning desire inside of you to share your creative work with the world is why you're here. So thank you for being here. Thank you for the bravery of creating artwork. And I can't wait to see what you do with it. If you feel like you need a little bit of guidance or inspiration or clarity along this journey of having a creative business, because let's be honest, having a creative practice and a creative business are a little bit different, different, different ball games, different methods. I would love for you to consider making artwork. I am incredibly good at creative business. That's where my strengths really shine. And I love to share that knowledge with my creative community because I love the creative community. You know, someone popped into my DMs a couple days ago and they said, Emily, it's not a good idea to share all of your tips and tricks with your competition, LOL. <laughs> and I just laughed because that's not how I see it at all. That is not at all how I see this. In my opinion, when we get stronger as a creative community, we all thrive. Here's why I think that. 
As a community, we are learning how to talk about our work. We are learning how to actually thrive. We are learning how to make this sustainable and profitable. And that takes more than just one person. I can't be the only one that's allowed to thrive. I can't be, or else this whole thing crumbles because society hasn't learned how to accept the, the work and the profitability of a fine artist. But if we can all do that together, we're literally teaching our communities how to support the creative arts. We're literally teaching our our states and our countries and our the people that are near us, people that are far away from us. I have collectors from around the globe. We're teaching people in our communities what it means to value creative work to value the efforts that go into that creative work. And I can't do that alone. That's why I love empowering other creatives. That's why I love seeing other people thrive because the more we can all thrive, the more we will all succeed. That's, that's so beautiful to me. That's why I've poured so much time and love and energy and detail-oriented clarity into this course that gives you all the tools you need to succeed along the way. Um, every area of a creative business is discussed in this course and if I can do it, having sold a $1 painting, as I told you guys in the last episode, if I can do it with that horrible business model, you can absolutely do it. Now my business is making multiple hundreds of thousand dollars a year. I love what I do. I love what I get to say to the world and offer the world. I love my creative process and I want that exact same for you. I want you to thrive and to find joy and passion in your work. So go to emilyjeffreyslearn.com. You can find out more. Registration opens on February 18th, and I would love to see you there. All right, bye for now. Oh, and hey, before we go, Next week, I'd love to invite you to something that we're doing that continues this conversation a little bit further, the Share the Work Challenge. We're gonna take one prompt a day as a community, implement it together, and share our work beautifully and boldly as a community. It's gonna be incredibly powerful and really helpful for your business. And that happens before making our work even launches. February 12th, it begins. It ends February 18th, so seven days of powerful implementation and change in your business. I'll be there every day, popping in, giving you advice, telling you exactly how I do things. Photography, Instagram, sharing my work without feeling squeamish or weird, all the things. We're gonna have a lot of fun. I'd love for you to join us. RSVP right below, it's gonna be amazing. See you there. Hey guys, Pillow Fort Emily back on this side of the podcast. <laughs> I hope that was so encouraging and nourishing and life-giving to you and to your creative work. I hope that you got a lot of actual content and goodness out of that. I personally love using those tips when I evaluate my work. It gives me actual tangible ways to say, is this good or does this need to be a practice piece? And both are fine, by the way. There is nothing wrong with having practice artwork. It's actually a very, very good thing. But those 10 ways of evaluating your work and deciding whether or not your work is good are so helpful for me and I hope also for you. All right, on Friday, come back because the episode we have on Friday is literally worth so much. I cannot believe I'm giving this away for free. I've said that so many times because I'm just like, Emily, what were you thinking? You sell a course. You should be selling that course, not giving stuff away for free. 
And yet the content in this spilled out of me in a fit of passion and it's so good and, and practical and tangible and you should listen to it. It's great. All right. So on Friday, we're going to, we're going to talk about five ways to share your work and get the attention of collectors. And essentially this is five ways that I would market my work in 2020 if I had to pick only five ways. And I think they may surprise you. So come back on Friday, listen to the episode and get ready to make some big changes in your business. There's some really good tips, really practical tips in this, in this episode. So come back on Friday, the following Tuesday, February 18th, which is the day that making art work goes live. As I've said several times, February 18th, February 18th, it's going to be a beautiful day. On February 18th, we also have another podcast episode called The Five Lies the Artists Believe and Five Ways to Overcome Those Blocks. In this episode, I divulge some amazing tips that they're going to change your whole business. I mentioned in the last episode that I got some really big mindset shifts in my mastermind meeting this past January. They've changed how I think about my business, my artwork, my purpose, where I can improve. It's it's a really good episode. So definitely mark your calendars to listen to the podcast on February 18th and also join Making Art Work if you'd like to. It's going to be great. All right. So those are our events. Friday, next Tuesday, and then Making Art Work opens on Tuesday and closes the 25th. So those are the dates to keep in mind. I can't wait to see you at each of them. All right. Bye for now.